Hi guys, it's Lou from The Purpose Patch. Before you jump into our first episode on values, Sal and I just wanted to put this show into context. We are far from a slickly produced operation. This first episode is completely raw. We are totally unscripted and uncensored. So please forgive the rambling sentences and occasional bratty moment. We're just two ordinary girls out there in the arena having a go and we promise to only get better with practice. So with that said, we hope you enjoy our first episode. Thanks for listening. Welcome to The Purpose Patch, where our intention is to help you grow a life you love. Join us on our adventures as we discover the fun and joy in taking action. Hosted by Sal Mack and Luz Vargo, two ex-corporate slaves who've decided life is worth a bigger roll of the dice. Each episode will put the theories to the test with practical actions you can follow too. What could possibly go wrong? Episode one of The Purpose Patch has now begun. Uh, Oh my God. Sal, this is very exciting. It really is. I think I've got a bit of stage fright. You're a show performer. I know, but this is suddenly uh, we're we're finally putting ourselves into action. Yeah, I know. This is this is definitely new for us. Yeah. So, well, episode one, Sal. Let's do a little bit of a chat about what we hope to achieve with this little podcast, this little project. You and I caught up recently. You've just come back from being overseas, and one of the things we talked about. I mean, we love having discussions about personal development and personal growth, but I think we both. We're wanting to put things into action. Yes. So we thought what a great idea to kind of talk about a lot of the issues that we're talking about. Yeah. And then go and test the theories by putting them into action every month with some challenges that we can do and anyone listening can do. It's just our mums that are listening. But <laughs> <laughs> they could definitely use some self-improvement. Oh, definitely. Who, who, <laughs> who couldn't? Who couldn't do some self-improvement? I love that. So um, episode one, we thought we'd we'd look at values, but perhaps first we should maybe talk a little bit about our backgrounds um, because, Sal, yeah, it's been a big period of change for you. You've just come back from the UK. Yes. So I quit my job now about three months ago. I knew, I think, from the moment I started a business degree that it wasn't the right career for me. (laughs) So you could question why I didn't actually change that. I think what does happen or what has been my experience is you can get really swept up in this treadmill of kind of you do the business degree and then you go and get the corporate job that you think you're supposed to get. And then at some point in your 20s, you're just trying to pay the rent and basically get drunk, I think, is (laughs) is the main plan. I think by the time I got to my 30s, I was wondering if there was more to it and more, you know, how I could have a more satisfying experience of life. So it did take me a while to make that decision. And I think why it took me a while is because I didn't know what I actually wanted to do. Sounds like the simplest thing in the world, though. You should know know what you want to do. I know. (laughs) I think it's something we've both struggled with. Yeah, it's not. We should be clear that we're very aware that we have pretty privileged lives. We're really lucky that we've Mm. had educations we're not complaining. Educations. We've had educations. We, yeah, yeah, education. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Steve Spargo. <laughs> Lou's dad likes to correct grammar. He's always grammatically yes. correct, Sal. He's yeah. disappointed in our grammar. So 
I think it is quite shocking how you can end up just drifting for so long. And, you know, really it's not a terrible life, but actually it's not that soul satisfying either. And then I just started thinking about, well, maybe the reason why I don't know what I want to do or I can't seem to make this decision is because I don't actually know what my values are, yeah. or what I stand for. I don't know what I want the focus of my life to be. Well, it's, it's that sort of relationship with self sort of stuff, which is at the core of everything, because if you don't know what informs you and why you think the way you think about certain things, then everything else that we then layer on top with jobs and friendships and relationships and yeah. things, you don't quite know why things work, why things don't work. So it's, Yeah, and you do, it's, it's like you're not paying attention. So I think what, what finally got me is when I was sitting in another strategy day, another one, there seemed to be one every week, at work, and I just thought – God, I'm I'm spending all this time thinking about the values and the mission and the strategy for this company. Maybe I should be thinking about my own instead of this. And so, yes, I have quit. And I still don't quite have a plan, but I'm feeling, well, this is part of it. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's. I think it's a really good point because I think we all expect things to come naturally to ourselves, all of this stuff that – but unless we practice, unless we actually pay attention, unless we – do the work on ourselves, then sometimes it's really difficult to change what your default course might be. And I agree with you. Like we are both really lucky that our default courses weren't defined by, yeah, defined by tragedy or terrible outcomes. Like I I feel like we've both lived probably very socially acceptable, lucky lives in many ways. But it is an interesting thing that that with that comes this sense that there is something more and and I don't think we're alone in that. I think that there's a lot of people and your awakening after you got through your 20s is something that's happening for a lot of people and I think some people get it a bit earlier, some people a bit later, but I think it's a really yeah. common thing. Well, you had it earlier. I did. Sal, I was a trailblazer. You really were. <laughs> no, but I think for me it was it was something that I focused on early with my career because, I mean, I didn't have significant relationships in my 20s, so my career was always – What do you mean by relationships? Oh, like romantic relationships. Oh, okay. You know, like I feel like a lot of people were distracted getting like planning weddings and yeah, then you were above kids. that. I was <laughs> she was entirely above that. I'll keep telling myself. I like it. We'll delve into the episodes behind that. uh, No, but you you did a law degree because your dad is a lawyer. I'm not saying that's why you did it, but your dad is a lawyer. Yep. You did the law degree and then you thought, what? Well, a lot of the things that you were just saying were the same for me. It was just this, I went to a school, it was expected that you just went to Mm. uni. So, of course, that was the obvious choice. And I thought it was what, and you look, I got to wear snazzy business suits to work. I got to, you know, there was a certain level of respect and social standing that came with saying I was a lawyer that I kind of probably was seduced by, absolutely. And I do, I still value that I have that degree and that I practice for a little while. And I think that that has, you know, definitely opened doors for me at times. But yeah, I had the same thing that you, you get down the track and, there's a growing number of quiet moments when you're with yourself where things just don't yes. feel right and there's that gnawing. Just before you go to sleep, I find. Yeah, lots of different things. Well, for me, I had this experience working with some clients. I was a real, I was a baby lawyer. I'd been taken along by my senior partner to a mediation and they were two, an older couple, they were investors. They'd been in a shonky deal for property 
issue. They'd bought an investment property with their life savings and it had gone awry. Right. shonky. Shonky, yes. Another, another negligent solicitor. That's what the world needs, more shonky lawyers. But um, not us, not us. We were, we were trying to Of course not. We were trying to help them get their money back. Side of justice. Yeah. yeah. But it was interesting because they were nearing the end of these proceedings. They'd gone on for two years and I was sitting with them just before they got their final sort of signing mm. papers. And I said, oh, you must be glad that this is coming to an end. And they were a lovely couple. They were just this gorgeous couple in their sort of late 60s, ordinary sort of mum and dad in, investors mm. who had, had planned to kind of live off this investment property and mm. live a happy life. And their their last few years had been marred by this uh, these proceedings. And, and she said to me, Lou, you don't know how relieved I'll be because every time I go to my letterbox and I open a letter from your law firm, my heart, like I'm just hard in my mouth, terrified about what's next and how much it's going to cost us. Mm. And I had this thought in my head. I thought I spend a lot of time at my computer writing letters for clients who I think I'm helping, like putting my blood, sweat and tears into constructing the perfect letter. And I'm the part of her day that she resents. (laughs) Well, not just resents, is terrified by. Is terrified by. And I was like, here I am helping people. And I was. I mean, on the whole, I can look at it, step back and go, I was making her life better. But I... Mm. I wasn't the part of her day that really brought joy. Brought joy, And I think it was moments like that too that made me go, well, what do I really want to do and, and how do I want to relate to people and have experiences with people? That's such a good example. Is it? Yeah. Oh, good. I, I think that's a great example. Oh, th- thanks, Al. Yeah. Tick for first episode Tick. of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, so long story short, I went back and, and did get out of the law firm and I went and studied music theatre and – in my late 20s. Which I was at the time in awe of you doing that because I thought it was such a brave thing. No one we know was doing that. You well, know, you know, everyone else was around us was ticking all the boxes they were supposed to and staying on track and getting mortgages and doing financially yeah, responsible yeah. things. Well, no, and I do think that people um, were very complex, like they were positive at the time mm. to my face. I think there were a lot of people who were probably like, oh, well, I'd never do that. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people, it was the same with when I quit, people said, oh, wow, I wish I could do that. My response was, you can, but you can tell there's a, there's a, maybe there's an element of truth that they do wish they could do it, but actually they're just, they think you're crazy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. There's lots of people who I think were probably like having conversations and yeah. look at Spargo, she's back dancing, learning yes. how to tap dance with 17, 18 year olds. So I was like, well... <laughs> But dreams never die, people. Dreams never die. No. Um, and I've never seen Lou happier than in in those <laughs> years. Yeah. You were in heaven. Yeah. And so I think what about your um, – can you talk us through your Jesus here? Okay, well, yes. You, can we you, go into that? You find a lot of humour in this Jesus here. it's so good. So basically fast-forwarding, I did this music theatre course. I got off the treadmill of being a lawyer and – well, it forced me to reevaluate a lot of things in my life, but what was tricky afterwards, and I find as a creative person, making the change is one thing. I think continuing to live a life in line with your values oh, yeah. and fulfilling the creative side of myself, but also the side that you know needs to pay rent and absolutely um, buy food and, and yes. function is a yes that has always been a, a tricky balance for me to strike, and I think is for a lot of people. And I'm fascinated talking yes. to people that that want to do um, things with their creativity and and indulge and engage with a whole lot of different passions and how you make that work. Well, yeah. So, look, I I came out and I did this music theatre course and and I've been doing some work 
we're working as an actor and performer, but also I have a day job as well. And one of the things I've been doing for the last couple of years is writing a cabaret. So, which is fantastic. Which has just never, never found, part. never been put on stage because I keep procrastinating and putting it off. Yeah, yeah but this yes, is one this after. is the new one. So I was about to turn <laughs> 33 and I was writing this show. This is a year ago, mind you, so that, yeah, it still hasn't found its way to stage. So I thought what I'd do is I, I could read you a little bit from my opening scene of my cabaret. I think um, you should. As I think it will explain the concept of the Jesus year quite nicely. You never know, there might be an agent listening. Oh, I know. So I'll use my best voice then, shall Yes, you okay. So I said, I'm in my 33rd year. My Jesus year is barreling towards me. 33 is the year that scholars believe that Jesus of Nazareth. <laughs> what? I just like how you have to clarify that it's of Nazareth. Oh, yeah. We're not familiar with Look, Jesus. I went to a non-denominational school, Sal. I wasn't sure whether there was, you know, <laughs> multiple Jesuses. Jesus of Nazareth was arrested and crucified in Jerusalem after starting a spiritual, political, and intellectual revolution. Significant year for the saviour, Sal. He saved mankind from eternal damnation, which, if you ask me, is a pretty productive few months. <laughs> so no pressure, but I was I was feeling the intimidation leading into my 33rd, 33rd year because... sure. Here I was saying I was an actor, but it's hard to get roles when you work pretty much full-time in advertising. I was single. I just broke up with my boyfriend two years ago. Only just. Only just. My car was blowing hot air at the time, which, you know, was very convenient in the height of summer. Was that through through your air conditioning? Yeah, it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. My jeans didn't fit. They never do. Um, <laughs> Give up on that one. And I had $4.32 in my bank account at the time of writing, um, <laughs> which I didn't feel, you know, all that great about. So given the significance of the Jesus year, I had some work to do because, you know, Jesus, if you look at him, he was a man with a plan. He didn't leave things to chance. He had a clear purpose. He knew what was coming and told people about it. He made sure his disciples were ready. Oh, look, it went on, Sal. Um, I'm just, I, you know what I'm fascinated by is the fact that you automatically leapt to the fact that you had to emulate Jesus. <laughs> Possibly a bit of an overachiever. <laughs> this gives you an insight, people, into how Lou thinks. Like, it's not enough to just, you know, find some new acting roles. She really has to emulate the saviour. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that was that, that was the Jesus year, and right. look, and you said to me quite rightly, Sal, a couple of months ago, Lou, you now passed through the Jesus year. How did you go achieving your goals? And I was like, not that great. I mean, what I was trying to do with that was point out perhaps that you need some steps in between, yeah, instead of zero to a hundred. Well, true. I'm I'm fond of looking at a ladder and seeing yes. the top rung and yes. going, why can't I be there? And I fail to see the first, second, and third step. Yes. So. And that's what God is talking about. Do we actually know our world purpose? But then how do we get to knowing that it's through values? Yeah. Was our thinking. Yeah. So, so first month, what are we going to do, Sal? First month. Well, I mean, the ver- we've already come up with our list, haven't we? Yeah. That was our first challenge, which was proved rather difficult, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, Lou thought I was being a bit of a dictator by saying she could only have five. Well, it was tricky. I was surprised by how many things I wanted to have in my, you know. In my yeah, the, well, I know. It's, it's quite difficult to limit, but I do think you could go on and on and on. So how well, Run me you, through yours, Sal. How did you go about finding your values? Okay, well, I've been keeping a grateful diary, which I just wonder if Lou thinks is a bit wanky. No. But 
Not at all. <laughs> I do think people can have those kinds of reactions, and I know because I've had them in the past. Mm. But anyway, I think the biggest surprise, it's a really simple thing. All I do is every day at the end of the day, when I'm in bed, write three things that I'm grateful for and one positive experience of that day in more detail. And I think what the biggest surprise for me was is that at the time I started this, I was going on quite a number of fancy holidays. Yes. I was quite partial to, you know, DVF dresses and ordering from Nordstrom. The thing is, none of it ended up in the Grateful Diary, which was really surprising. I thought I didn't notice at first. And then after a few months, I thought, God, every day I'm writing things that are really simple. Like, you know, when the barista puts a heart on top, oh, the I heart love- shape. Those little things, I love those little moments. On top of your froth. Mm. Or even I went on this trip with my ex-boyfriend to Russia. The thing that I liked the most about the whole trip was that Moscow has these adult-sized swings all around the city. So every time we're trying to sightsee, I'm busy jumping on a swing whilst he's trying to get me to see the Kremlin or something. That wouldn't be irritating for him at all, Sal. No. And I kept making him push (laughs) me as well. (laughs) So anyway, it just became clear that I think what makes us happy and joyful and content are always the little things, which is a massive cliche, but that's just what I found. So I use the Grateful Diary to help inform and distill my values. Amazing. So should I tell you what they were? Yeah, run me through your values. Because you have been wanting to see them. Well, I did. The typical person in me, like my, the part of me that wants to cut corners just wants to take <laughs> your values because I, I admire you as a person. I thought, well, let's, if I have sales values, maybe maybe my life will be better. Lou did ask me after about a day, oh, I might just have a look at yours. I did not I allow really, that. Yeah, really anyway, did. so I said, as I've just described, I am a big fan of playing. So I had playful. I love that. That didn't yeah. make it to my list, but I might need to amend mine. Playful. Love okay. it. Got to find some playfulness in everything, I think. Connection. I love to connect with people and I don't have a high tolerance for surface conversation, as you know. Learning. I'm definitely happiest when I'm being challenged, even when it's really hard. I prefer to be in that state of pushing myself. Kindness. Things like I just said, the the heart on the froth, little everyday interactions with people that, you know, I think we all need to take more time to connect if, with the person that's giving you coffee or with the person at the checkout or whoever it is to actually properly engage with them. And integrity. So I know that I feel my best when I'm speaking up and facing things, which I've definitely had to practice that one. And it will be a continual practice because I do think girls are often socialized, certainly the world we grew up in, to not do that. I think we are socialized to keep repress things and perhaps sometimes talk about people behind their back, which is not ideal. Also, I mean, sneak, spoiler alert, I'm going to tell you one of my values now just because <sighs> we're on integrity, but I have integrity too. And it's, it's integrity with yourself. Well, of course Absolutely. It is. But, Absolutely. you know, like, I, like I'm someone who cares a lot about what people think, but for me the real challenge with integrity and being authentic in my everyday is honouring what I say to myself or what yes. I set out to do. Yes. Yeah. That is – I mean, because ultimately I do think the older you get, the more you feel that. 
if you're not following that with yourself. Well, yeah. the years catch up with you too. So yeah. so stuff that you do, yes. like what you and and your patterns, I think they can wear you down. Yeah, absolutely. You feel the weight of them. They're great, Sal. Thanks. This is why we're friends because you're clearly, you know, still a person. Oh, stop! <laughs> so, how did you do yours though? Well, you, as you know, I, I did. I felt this. I felt this a bit overwhelmed when I first got. This it was like we're studying for an exam. It was. I, I was like, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be graded on this. I've got to get this perfectly <laughs> right. And she's and, not a perfectionist. Yeah. So, what are the values? What can I choose from? What's What's on offer? What's on offer, world? <laughs> where's the smorgasbord? Where's the smorgasbord? I want the uh, the sizzler uh, buffet of <gasps> values that I can then Gosh. go along and, and select some things for my plate. So sizzler. I did. I found a values list. To be honest, online I just googled values list, <laughs> which there are plenty out there. But what it was is that I just wanted to kind of really have an instinctual reaction to seeing some some values. And what I did first is I just mm-hmm. literally highlighted probably about fifteen to twenty that I found in this long, long list of of different values. And I didn't overthink it because I am prone to doing that too. But I just kind of said, well what what's striking a chord with with me? What am I drawn to? And then from there when I had my list of 2025, I found that a lot of them were, were like things. I grouped them in sort of categories. And the interesting thing is I sort of thought more about them and really looked at each word and value and, and, and assessed why I'd picked that. Often what I thought my value was or what was the strongest value ended up being something different. Like, you know, I'm a strong family person and I, and, but it, was really I realised what was sitting behind that was love. Love is one of my values because mm-hmm. not necessarily romantic love, but I want to be open and vulnerable with my family and friends and that for me was the value. Mm. I've also got growth because I do want to keep challenging myself every day to be my highest self and my best version of myself. Mm-hmm. So for me, obviously success is important, but I think you achieve that through growing and, and challenging yourself every day. Balance for me is really important. So I really value work, but I think rest and play probably. Mm. I like your playfulness. And and nourishment. Like I do think, you know, we've got to look after ourselves and that's health and exercise for me. But what is behind that is really balancing everything together. Because yes. it's a different equation for every person. Um, well and as we were saying recently as well, it's the right type of rest. Yeah. So remember yep. we were down at your family's house in the country and we spent one day watching movies and we felt a bit Ah, oh, I felt lull. so lethargic and yeah. 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 And then we realised, no, actually we can still rest, but we could read, we could go to the beach, we yeah. could so the more uplifting things Absolutely. instead of vegetation. Yeah. So look balance, um, integrity, as we've just discussed, kindness. I also had kindness Sal because I think Thinking about others and being considerate and generous with your time, we are part of something greater than ourselves. Yes, um, that's a great so, comment. Yeah, kind of for me. And also positivity. I think I'm a pretty positive person, but I also I try to – I am positive, I think, on the whole, but mm. there are moments where things get me down and I just think that we have the power within us to always be in any situation, no matter how dire and – change our mindsets and I and I'm not saying the yeah. problem goes away but I think that it's incredibly powerful so for me always looking for the good in situations and more importantly in people yes both feeds into kindness as well is yeah they're my values well you definitely sound like Jesus's sister oh, on that list thank you 
Thank you, Sal. <laughs> Don't know if there's another I miraculous think. conception, but uh, <laughs> I'll just ask your mum. So we've got our values now, and I think we wanted to challenge ourselves to do something with these values. So yeah, it's about living them, isn't it? Which mm. I think I think that's the biggest thing, and that's why we're doing this podcast is it's to force ourselves into action. So force, force is perhaps for, well, not the nicest word, Sal. True. Encourage. Uh, <laughs> Gently, gently guide towards. Gently guide. Yeah. So, how are we going to do that? We're we going to leave it up to. Well, I think let's let's just go well. away and approach it, and come back in a few weeks, and let's talk about what we've done, and see how successful we are. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. We don't want to be too prescriptive. Yeah. Will there be a prize? Oh, you love a prize, don't you? <laughs> you get a pat on the back. The joy of knowing that you're living in line with your values. That's your prize. prize enlightenment. Yeah. All right. Well, um, sounds good. Well, I'll see you back here in a few weeks uh, with, uh, with results. Excellent. Hello again, listeners. Hello, Sal. Hello. We're a few weeks on from our last little catch-up. Yes. How's your, how's your last few weeks been? We're living and breathing your values. Values. Well, I must admit, I did have grand plans to go old school and write them up and put them around my room or bathroom. And then I remembered, Lou, that I'm actually homeless. That, so I, that, little, that little chestnut. <laughs> so I did think, I'm not sure the people I'm staying with are going to appreciate my values all over their house. So that was a bit annoying. I had to then put them in my phone, which was fine. I think the biggest thing was I did have to con- make a note to actually remember to, to think about them. Mm. I had to remind myself at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, and that took some time to, act, to even remember what they were, to be honest. Isn't that funny? Because something that you think is, you know, we're meant to be living every day. And yeah. Because I had the same thing. I was like, oh, what's my value? What's my values again today? Yeah. So even after you've done this exercise, it's it's not just a natural. No. Yeah. Because in a sense it's aspirational. Yes, yes. So we are not perfect humans. They're not, it's not fully formed. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing for me is that I, I did always, I guess, subconsciously think, oh, well, I'm a good person, so of course I must be kind Mm. or I must have integrity. But actually when you catch yourself in the everyday moments, you realise, no, I could have done better on that. And And end of the day is a good time too because you can actually reflect on what went down. Yeah, what went down. What went the down day. the day. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. What went down in the ghetto. Well, I found my phone really useful too, and I unashamedly always plan to use my phone because I just think that I mean they are. We've got these devices on us twenty four seven to mm. our detriment a lot of the time. But I thought, let's use this uh tool for good. So I did. I put a note in my alarm and I had an alarm that went off. You at had an night. alarm? I had an alarm wow. that went off at 9am every morning. It's high tech. I picked a different value. Oh, okay. And I then, with varying degrees of success, was more aware of that throughout the day and looking for situations to practice that. I think for me it was more about having this gentle reminder and more of an awareness around trying to action a value every day. I mean, one example I had was growth one day 
and I was out at work and I was given a new job of filming something and I was just like, I'm really uncomfortable in this situation because I haven't done it many times. Mm. And well, was, you were actually holding the camera. Yeah, and I'm really hopeless at that. Oh, like someone just gave me that. Heavy. Well, I wasn't heavy, but I probably did a horrible job and I thought, well, Louise, it doesn't matter if you do a horrible job. You're not – this isn't what you – You're not Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've already done this a couple of times. Yeah. So you get what you get. And also too, yeah. it was just that really simple conversation with myself that was like, well, you're not going to get better unless you try. Growth yes. actually involves you being in a situation where you feel like you're a bit uncomfortable sometimes and you're pushing oh, – yes. you're learning something new. So for me – it's having those simple conversations with myself because if I value growth and getting better, I've also got to accept that there's going to be a period where you don't feel comfortable and you Absolutely. feel a bit silly. So you feel exposed. Yeah. So yeah. that's, you know, an example of a time it, it probably helped me. And That's really good. So it was more, you were just more conscious of in the moments. Yes. Of that, yeah. of pushing yourself. I think I did not pick one every day. I was just trying to be aware of them every day, all of them. So... I did catch myself more on things. So, for example, I went to a friend's house for a drink and I think I was in, I went into a bit of life comparison because people are now buying what I consider to be parent sized houses. Scary times, isn't it? (laughs) And this was an absolutely beautiful house. And even though I'm really, I think consciously I am happy in what I've decided to do and how I'm how I'm currently living. I did probably feel a bit of comparison in that moment. And so I, what I've realized, though, is that when I feel a bit uncomfortable, I will, especially if I've had a glass of champagne, sometimes overshare a bit or say things that I later think, why did I say that? Or that comment was unnecessary. But do you think it's a need to... <clears throat> validate yeah I do which is really uncomfortable Mm. I think it's a it's an almost a pull from my ego going strengthen yourself again in your own head Mm. and it was really you don't have this cement structure so you build it with conversation and so true yeah I just think it was really uncomfortable I almost had this heartburny feeling when I got home and look the context was we were discussing someone that we both knew and it wasn't in a horrible way, but it just... You breached a confidence. Yeah, I yeah. probably didn't want to add the little thing that I did. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have to rectify this. And even though this other person probably can't even remember what I said, I know. Mm-hmm. And I know that I didn't want to say that. And it came out in a way that I wasn't very proud of. So I did message her and say, look, just so you know... It's a minor thing, but actually I didn't feel good about how that played. And, of course, she came back saying, oh, no, you know, that's fine. I totally get that. But I just I've realized now that when I'm in that trigger situation again, I just have to hold myself back and just take some breaths, go to the toilet, probably stop. Go to the toilet. Yeah, have some (laughs) breaths. Okay, not not literally. Take a moment in the powder room. Find an excuse to get away from the conversation or, you know, break yourself from the conversation. Should I say the powder room? The powder room. Would that offend your sensibilities less? So, yes, definitely to either remove myself to collect myself Mm. or else the other thing is... Change the topic. Change the topic or I don't always actually have to participate in the conversation. 
which is a revelation though. I don't, do you know, I always feel a kind of responsibility that I have to lead a conversation or entertain people. Well, Sal, we're very good at that. Um, I mean, we both are hilarious. (laughs) Not everyone we know would start a podcast, but we clearly like the sound of our voice. (laughs) Totally. But it's, you know, and that can get me into trouble with myself. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not losing your personality, but it's, I have to be able to go to sleep feeling good about myself. And that night I have to say I slept poorly. It did help for my peace of mind to actually acknowledge it to the other person. Even though I'm sure she thought I was making a fuss out of nothing, I had to pull myself up, if that made sense. That's a really good one and a very Tough. insightful lesson. Because, no, we, but no. I do that. I, I mean, we all sometimes have that need to kind of overshare or say things yeah. about our life that. Well, whether it's about ourselves or other people, yeah. I think we are wired to comment on ourselves and other people. And it's that Eleanor Roosevelt quote that your dad reminded us of. Oh, that's a very good quote. So we, we might be paraphrasing here, but go again. It's great minds think about Discuss ideas. ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people. Yeah, that's right. Actually, it's funny. Whenever I do actually find myself in one of those talking about someone else, that quote is enough to make me think, oh, no, I'm better than that. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. It is a good one. I do think it's difficult to extract yourself sometimes from those conversations. I've got a bit of a people-pleasing thing where I think, oh, well, I have to participate in that conversation Mm. because someone wants to have it, but you actually don't. Yeah, or you think people are going to be like, oh, come on, just, you know, they, they don't. You don't see in the moment the damage that nothing's happening as you're saying it. There's no glass vase falling over and breaking. No. There's no. So having that awareness in the moment is so important because the damage isn't really done at the time. The damage is done if there is any damage done. I think you're doing it to yourself anyway. Yeah. I think if you do it, if you're talking about someone else or yourself, you're doing it to yourself. It's the energy you're putting in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there you think, go. You know, it's it's been a tough exercise, but I think I need to continue having these in mind. So do you think we passed values? I think we did all right. Oh, I think an A plus. A plus. But you know, I don't think it's done now. No, well, I, I'm going to actually continue to keep my values appointment yes. in my phone. I like that though. I might copy that. Yeah, well, it, you know what? It it actually doesn't take much of my time, and I think that even for a bit longer, just to kind of have that prompt. One day, and similarly, when you do get a home cell, I think you know visual <laughs> visual prompts around something on the fridge or something on a bathroom mirror. I really like because it's just that gentle reminder. And I think unless you're practicing, unless you see them, it's it's having that those cues in our everyday yeah. that allow us to kind of the opportunity to remember things that are important. I think so too. Cool. Well, see you next time, Sal. See you back at the purpose patch. <laughs> Hi everyone. <laughs>